Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So this morning we're going to be continuing in our series about hearing God's voice. And, uh, and last week we, we spent some time just, just looking at who God is and how He wants to speak to us. And, and that he is truth and that we need to filter it through his truth, filter our entire lives through his truth. We've also been speaking about how the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us. And, and today we're going to be speaking about the fact that God, he is our prize. That hearing God's voice is secondary to being with God. That he is our prize. So when I, when I left school, I went on a, a youth team uh, to do ministry. And part of that was that we had to raise sponsorships. And I don't know, for those of you, that's always awkward. It, it's very awkward for me. And so I, was, I just left school, and I made an appointment with a, a teacher, actually, because I was going to ask her for sponsorships. They had to commit, and it was like 50 bucks every month. This is a long time ago, okay? Maybe a little bit more than 20 years ago, maybe, maybe. And um, I was going to speak to her, and so I made an appointment, and I, I went, and we had coffee, and we had some more coffee, and we chatted about the weather, chatted about the school, had some more coffee, and it just was awkward because I couldn't bring up the point of, by the way, I need money, please, okay? And I think that was, and and she didn't help because she knew why I was there, but she wasn't helping me, okay? So it was the most awkward two hours of coffee that I've ever had to sit through. Eventually, she put me out of my misery and said, I see you have some papers. I'm like, finally, okay? But, but have you ever been sitting with someone and you think that they just want to visit with you? Or you get a phone call from someone and they're like, how are you doing? And you think, oh, they're so sweet. They just want to catch up on me. And then comes that line. By the way, I just wanted to find out if you could please give, help, do. You know those statements? What happens then? You're like, oh, just me? You know that feeling? Where somebody phones and you think they're just catching up, but in the meantime, they actually want something from you. So I have a, uh, you know, I'm a a teacher here, and um, very often stories come with, uh, kids come with fantastic stories, long stories, and they'll start about a week ago. And if I'm in a rush, I just go, bottom line, what do you want? Just bottom line. Or, you know, when you're walking in town and somebody comes and tells them, tells you about their second cousin's aunt, you know, and I go, what is it that you need? Have you done that? Okay. Because I know that this conversation isn't about spending time together. There's a point to it. So I don't know if you've known, ever met this guy. I was driving to the Grove, and as you're about to pull in, this guy stops me. Well-dressed guy. He's holding an asthma pump. Anybody? Okay. He hits us there. You know. He always doesn't claim. You know, Nadine. Yeah. So he's holding an asthma pump, and he stops me. So I'm like half in the street, and he goes, I just, uh, sorry to bother you. Uh, I just need my child. I need to fill this asthma pump, but uh, I don't have petrol. So you kind of know it's, you're like... It's probably a scam, but you know, when there's a child involved with an asthma pump, you're like, let's, you know, air on the side of, of grace. So I take out my wallet, and I'm about to take out a $20. He goes, I see you've got a $200 there. So I give him the $200. He says, here's my number. I'll pay it back. I'm like, Lord. Needless to say, he's... He did not pay it back. But then about three months later, he came down my driveway, and he's like, you saw me, uh, I drove past you. And I'm like, hmm, I know this story. But it's when people want something from you. 
You know that feeling, and, and you're not sure, is this because we have a friendship, or is this because you want something? And that is sometimes how I approach God. Not because I'm interested in the relationship, but because I need something from him. Because I want something from him. Do you ever do that? So last week I was speaking to somebody um, who was using domestic acid incorrectly. And I said, didn't you read the instructions? And this person said to me, I never read instructions. And I had heart failure. I'm like, how can you not read the instructions? Who of you are manual readers? Thank you, Shast. Okay. We are manual readers. Okay. You read the manual. Number one, yeah, Guido, I'm watching you. You're working on my car, eh? <laughs> number one, I don't want to get it wrong. And number two, I want to know everything that this product can do. And that's how I sometimes read my Bible. Because I want to know what not to do, and I want to know what is in it for me. I am sometimes more focused on what needs to be done than spending time with God. Ladies, have you ever had that, that thing where, where people uh, in a, like a ladies' conference will say to you, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Have you had that? Okay. And the goal is always to be the Mary. And I'm like, yeah, but what happens when people get hungry, right? Then where's Mary? Okay. Martha's the one that makes sure everything is fine. Needless to say, you can see I lean towards the Martha. Okay. But I think, I think the, the, the point in that story is that Mary didn't miss the moment. And I know that sometimes I miss the moment. I miss that moment of being with Jesus. So that's my story. Now let's talk about our story. In other words, you guys. Okay. So how would you describe your relationship with God? Would you say that it's um, something like me, that it's more about what needs to be done than about spending time with him? Think back this last week. Think back to this last week. Of all the time that you spent with God, how much of it was spent being with him and enjoying his presence? Or how much of it was spent talking to him, asking him what to do, uh, if he could help us? Think about that. Give me a percentage, okay? 50%, oh, you know that saying that they, uh, in a room, if you ask everybody who, who's above average, who they think is above average in whatever case, to put up their hand, more than half of the room will raise their hand, which is against the point of average. Get what I'm saying? Okay. Let's put it this way. Who of you think that you spent more than 50% of your time this last week asking God for things and help and guidance instead of just being with him? Okay. I am not alone. Okay. So I think, I think there's a lesson there for us. There's something that we need to look at. Because I can guarantee you the things that we spoke to God about were necessary things. How should I behave? What do I need to do, right? So it's not that, that asking him for those things are wrong. Not at all, guys. But the fact is that he wants us to spend time with him. If you think about it, we have been invited to do the unthinkable. To have a relationship with a living God. Think about it. You know those people that drop names? Have you ever been around them? Have you, you know name droppers? You know, they just want to, oh yes, last night I had dinner with Oprah. You know those kind of people? And then, you know, Barack was saying to me, you know those people? Okay. Or, 
you know, you can just drop names and you're kind of like, what's the point? Okay. But then we read this verse. And this is an incredible verse. It's a Psalm of David. And he's saying, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Guys, in Namibia, we understand the glory of heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place, what is mankind that you are mindful of us? Human beings that you care for, us. I know it says them, but that's referring to us. That should be the ultimate name dropper that we can have. That this majestic God that created the beauty that we see whenever we are out camping and we look around and we see the, the vastness of the deserts and the beauty of the stars, that God wants to have a relationship with us. And he doesn't invite us into a relationship of an employee. You know, the, the Bible says that we are not his slaves, he has created us as his children. But think about that, what that means, that he is inviting us to be with him. Not somebody that has to do anything for him, but that we are his co-heirs. We work with him in this incredible life that we have. And could it be that possibly, and, and, and as I was looking at all of this, I didn't like this point very much. Could it be that possibly all the trials and tribulations that we face, and there are many, that possibly that we get so caught up in trying to fix them and solve them, that we are missing the opportunity to know God better in those moments. And that's not a fun thought for me, because I'd rather prefer God would just sort it out. I'm a problem solver. I am a product of my childhood. Okay? I like solving product, uh, problems. And so very often when somebody comes to me and they'll say this and this, I'm like, have you done this? Let's do this. And, and, and I've learned over the years that that's not always what people want that people want to be heard. I'm, I've been told that husbands also do this. Is that correct? You, you share your story and they're like, let's, no, not hunger. <laughs> they haven't been married long enough to know this yet. Okay. But we, we want to solve the problem. And so what I do is that sometimes I go to God with that mindset. And I go to him and I say, okay, God, this is my problem. How are we going to fix this? And I see God as my, my problem solver. But could it be that in those moments of incredible suffering that we're going through and pain, and I mean, we just look around and we see this, that God wants to show us something of himself, something about his character, his nature that we are not aware of. So think of something that you're talking to God about right now, okay? Something that you're talking to him about, something that's on your heart, okay? What does your current desire to hear God's voice revolve around mostly? Okay, your desire to know what God wants you to do, okay, is that what, what that thing is right now? You want to know from God, what must you do? Or is it maybe your desire to know where God wants you to go? Or maybe it should be your desire to, don't laugh, know, know God. Yes, I know, no, no, it's twice there. Okay. But could it be, that our desire that we should have right now is not about what does he want us to do, where should we go, but it's about knowing him, not what he can do for us. 
I can't tell you how many times for me I ask God, okay, what must I do here? Uh, who must I speak to? How do I solve this problem? And I miss the fact that he just wants me to be with him. Very often I get caught up finding, trying to find a solution or to figure out the best way that, you know, I can still glorify God, but that I can get through it. And I miss the entire point. That is, that he wants me to know him deeper in a different way. Right now, we, we currently have a lot of people hurting in our church. Physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, financially. There's a lot of hurt in our church. And I know that we are all asking God to heal them, obviously. We love people. But what I've also seen is that the people that have suffered the most um, pain understand God in a way that I do not. And that's a scary thought unto itself. It's because they've experienced God in a different way than I have who have not gone through suffering. We always uh, speak about um, Suzette, we call her the saint, and she's gone through a lot of physical, physical pain. But she understands God to be her comfort and her peace in a way that I do not understand because I haven't gone through that. So could it be that as we're speaking to God, that it's not about getting things done and what must we do, but getting to know him? So you know the story about uh, Corrie Ten Boom? I often speak about her. Um, she and her, her sister and her were in um, Ravensbrück, the concentration camp. Um, and she survived, but her sister didn't. And she was known for saying this line, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And when you consider what she's gone through, the fact that she knows God in that way is directly connected to the things that she's gone through. But what's interesting is that those words weren't originally said, originally said by Corrie. As a matter of fact, in Ravensbrück, in this death camp during the World War II in the heart of Germany, her sister Betsy, who died of starvation and sickness, whispered this to Corey just before she died. And this is what Betsy said. We must tell them that there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. They will listen to us, Corey, because we have been here. That's a way of knowing God <clears throat> that I cannot know. But what an incredible gift that he gives us, that in the midst of our sufferings, in the midst of our pain, that yes, he's with us, but that he wants us to know him in an incredible way. There's a verse in, in Psalm 16, verse 5, that says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. What an incredible verse. That God is our inheritance. That no matter what happens on this earth, whatever suffering we go through, that he is our lot. God speaks to us, and he wants us to speak about these things that we're going through, but the main aim is that he wants us to know him. I used to house it for, for Udo Kanagiza, and I loved house sitting for him because he was German, which his kind of German means everything was organized. Everything. I had to water this part on this day for 15 minutes, this part on that day for 15 minutes. I had to read, and it was fantastic because there was no shadow of a doubt. It, it, it suited my manual reading mind. And anything that there wasn't a note about, because I knew Udo, I knew what he'd want me to do. I never had to wonder, because I knew his nature, I knew what he wanted, so if, you know, if there was, the pool was overflowing, I'd know what Udo would want me to do. If there was a problem with his plant, because I knew who Udo was and what he wanted, I could fix it. And that's a small idea of when we know God, the byproduct of knowing him 
is knowing what he'd want us to do. How does God describe himself? In Exodus, it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. God's describing himself there. And if we know who he is, and we know his character, then whatever situation we go into, we know what we need to do. We read in Malachi 3, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. In this world that we live in where everything changes, now this is fine, now this is not fine. This person is in, this person is canceled. You know that story? I love the fact that God does not change. I can count on the fact that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What was fine then is still fine now. To love people is his commandment regardless. And so he says, that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. What an incredible promise. And so um, Rico wasn't feeling well and so Mike took over the, the, um, the worship and we haven't had a chance to, to chat but it's amazing. I love how God works. I always joke and I say, it's almost like God knew what he was doing with this morning's message. Because part of my message is the names of God. What can we say? But the names of God, they show us his character. And I was telling Dana this morning, very often when I speak, I share more of what God does in my life in a public platform than I ever would do on a one-to-one. I don't know why God asks this of us, but that's what he does because I don't like crying. So, <clears throat> got it ready. A uh, little bit of background, most of you know the story about myself already. Um, I was born many, many years ago. Uh, my biological dad uh, didn't stick around. He left um, just after I was born. And then my mom got married to my stepdad at the age of four. Uh, at the age of eight, my biological dad died before I ever met him. And then at the age of 16, my mom and my stepdad got divorced. So I had, I had a little few issues about, you know, parents and fathers especially. And I had a mom, I have a mom that adores me, and I had a grandmother that adored me even more. But there's something about dads. Guys, and, and I want to uh, just I look around and I see so many incredible fathers in this hall. And I just want to say thank you for the way that you shine Jesus to your children. And I see many dads-to-be. Yeah, Ira's just being very quiet. Okay. And I just want to say to you that God has given you a special responsibility because even though I had a mom and a grandmother that adored me, there was something in my heart because I had two dads that left me. And that was kind of the overwhelming thing that I had to deal with. So I never felt chosen. God didn't, or my circumstances always, (laughs) allergies, eh? Um, Circumstances always felt that I wasn't chosen. And so we, there's a, a verse in Revelation that says that God gives us a name. And I asked God, I said, God, what is my name? And he said to me, chosen. And I'm like, that's awesome. A couple of months ago, we were doing something in school. And one of the, the teachers there gave out a little paper that had our names on and the spiritual significance. 
And so the, the literal meaning of my name is, is prophetess, which I'm like, yeah, the prophets didn't really have an easy time, hey? Uh, I don't think I like that part. But that the spiritual connotation is chosen. That in my name, God had shown me that I was chosen. Before my dads even left me, God said he chose me. How incredible is that? And so when I look at the, God, the names of God, Al Roy is the God who sees me. And we see that from Genesis. And in Genesis, God says, I see you, Sibylla. I see you. He saw the whisper of my, my heart going, but what about me? Who will choose me? And he says, this is the name that I've given you. So this morning, here are some of the names of God. And what I'd like us to do is I'd like us, if anybody feels comfortable, to share who God is to you through these names. Like I said, for me, it's Elroy, the God who sees me. Have you experienced God in his nature, in his character, to be one of these names to you? You know I'm going to pick on you, Dana. I'm not going to be the only one crying. <laughs> Who has a name this morning? Guys, I'm a teacher. I'm used to awkward silences. Anna Lloyds? Moses? I can keep going. I know the names. Lord of Peace. Jehovah Shalom. These are the names of God. And there are many more. These were just some of them that I could pronounce. Okay. And so, sorry? Al Shaddai. The God who is sufficient for the needs of his people. And so these are the names of God that show us his character. So this morning, as, as we go throughout our day and as we go throughout our weeks, remember that he is our prize. It's very interesting. In, in Psalm 103, the psalmist says, He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And that's an incredible verse, but when you realize and you look at that verse, which one would you prefer? To know his ways or to know his deeds? And this morning, my prayer for all of us is that we will know his ways, that we will know his character, that we will know who he is, because from that place, we can hear his voice, and from there, we obey. In Exodus 33, Moses says, Now I have indeed found favor with you. Please teach me your ways, and I will know you. What an incredible promise that God says, God, the creator of the universe, says that we can know him. And out of knowing him and hearing him, we can obey. And that's a promise that is open to each one of us this morning. And so my, my encouragement to each one of you this morning is as we, as we go from here, that we will get to know his heart. Because once I know somebody's heart and I know they're for me, I can do pretty much anything because I know they're doing what's best for me. That they're not working for their own um, gains or whatever the case may be. And God says this morning, he says that he is for us. And what an incredible promise. Because once we know that and we know his character and his nature, then hearing his voice and obeying comes so easily. So that's my challenge for you this week, as you go throughout this week, that you will ask God, in whatever situation you're in, yes, he gives us the guidance and he gives us the direction, 
but he first promises us that he is our prize. And so in whatever situation you are in, whether it's good or bad, whatever the case may be, that you will ask him, who are you in this situation to me? Are you my peace? Are you my comforter? Are you the one who sees me? Church family, we serve an amazing God. And if you don't know God the way that we've been speaking about, please come speak to any one of us, Mike, any of the, the interns, Brian, Dana, myself. We would love to share with you who God wants to be to you this morning. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you that you share your nature, you share your character, and you say, this is who I am. And that you invite us into that relationship with you of, of discovering who you are and who you, you want to be to us. Father, I pray that as a church that this morning, we won't miss any moment of knowing you in a deeper way. Lord, that, that for myself especially, but I think for all of us, that we won't confuse the, the, the direction and, and knowing what to do and won't confuse that with knowing you and spending time with you. So Lord, as we go throughout this week, may that be our aim and our goal, to just be in your presence, to, to discover you in a deeper way. Lord, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for, for the celebration of baptism. I thank you for Ada this morning, and just how she shared such an incredible testimony of, of who you are to her. Lord, I thank you that her family is celebrating this decision. Lord, I thank you for the, for the gift of her in all of our lives. Lord, I thank you that you, you call us from different cultures, backgrounds, languages, and we can gather together as one with you. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning, and I give you praise, and I give you such glory for everything that you do in our lives. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.